You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. So this morning we're going to speak about the Passover. Now Passover is about a lamb. And you've heard us this morning singing about a, a lamb. Back in the time of Moses, there was a lamb that was spoken of. And this was a once a year time, a, a memorial uh, or a, a service that would be done in a very unique and unusual way called the Passover. And it was about a lamb. But today, the Passover is still about a lamb. Whether it's in the Old Testament, Moses' lamb, or the New Testament and Mary's lamb. Because Mary's lamb is only a fulfillment of prophecy about Moses' lamb. This Passover as it relates to Moses and the Jews basically is this. And, and, and even if you've got just a, a, a small understanding of of the Bible or the Old Testament, you've got enough because you probably remember something about these slaves that were in the land of Egypt. And God is going to take them out of slavery in Egypt and he's going to redeem them and he's going to bring them into the promised land. The Bible describes this land as being a land that flows with milk and honey. Out of the land of bondage, Moses would take them into the land of victory. And he's going to deliver his people. How is he going to do this? Now listen. He's going to do it. Would you believe it? With a lamb. A lamb. Now if you and I were to think of the epitome of weakness, we would think about a lamb. A little, innocent, weak, small, defiant, Fenceless little lamb. If you slaughter a lamb, I've been told you almost feel guilty. A lamb actually seems to present itself to death. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7 speaks about the lamb of God that way. That he was led, he was a lamb that was led to the slaughter like a sheep that before his shearers is silent. That this lamb, as he was presented as a sacrifice, didn't even open his mouth. A lamb. The lamb says, are you hungry? Eat me. The lamb says, are you cold? Shear me and take my wool and make a coat. Now remember, they were down in Egypt. Pharaoh is... A type. So many things in the Old Testament are types and symbols, right? Pharaoh is a type of of Satan. Egypt is a picture of bondage. And God is going to deliver them. And do you know what the, uh, the, the emblem of Egypt was? The emblem of Egypt was a serpent. In fact, that's why oftentimes if you were to see a picture or an artist's rendering of a Pharaoh. If you look closely on the... The, the, the headwear of that pharaoh, you'll see an emblem, and it is a serpent. 
And what is going to happen is this. God is going to deliver his people and he's going to do it with a lamb. It is the lamb that will slay the serpent. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5 for just a moment where Paul says in verse 7 about the Passover, he says, cleanse out the old leaven. Passover was kept without leaven. We we talked about that a few weeks ago. That you may be a, a new lump. Much of what Pastor Jordan read this morning in our opening passage had that word new in it. Speaking of this new covenant. This, this new lump, this, this new Passover. That, that is a new piece of dough he speaks of here. As you really are unleavened, watch this. For Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. Should Christians keep Passover? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what he says here. He says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. Here's how we do it. Not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, with that as a foundation, let's go to Exodus chapter 12. We're going to look at some scripture there. We're going to look at two things today. We're going to look at Mary's lamb, Moses' lamb first, and then we're going to look at Mary's lamb. More specifically, we're going to look at the symbolic promise of Moses' lamb, and then we're going to look at the saving power of Mary's lamb. So let's begin in Exodus 12. Remember this. Remember now, the Jews are slaves in Egypt, and God is getting ready to bring them out. Here we go. Verse 1, Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, in the land of Egypt, this month, shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of the month, every man shall take a lamb. According to their father's houses, every dad, every father, the leader of every home, take a lamb for your household. And if the household is too small for a lamb... Then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Now skip down to verse 11 quickly with me. In this manner, verse 11, Exodus 12, same text. In this manner you shall eat it. And with it, or rather with it, excuse me, eat it with your belt fastened, with your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So God says to Moses, I want you to tell the people to take a little lamb. It is the lamb that is going to deliver them. That was God's plan. So let's begin with learning some things about Moses' lamb from the text that we just read. And I want to begin with this. I want to begin with the character of Moses' lamb. As we look at this symbolic promise, first of all, we see that this lamb was to be a male. In verse 4, it very specifically says that it was to be a male, a year old. And Christ 
was the son of God. It then also says he is to be a lamb without spot or blemish. In verse 5 and in verse 6, we see your lamb shall be without a blemish. It gives some other very specific things. In verse number 6, it was to be chosen on the 10th day of April. It was to be examined. It was to be examined. It is so important that it was spotless and perfect that it was to be examined for three and a half days prior to be presented. They would look through the wool of every lamb to make sure there was no spot or blemish. They were so particular about this, they would lift the eyelids of the lamb to make sure that it was absolutely perfect, picturing the perfect lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So there is the character of Moses' lamb. Secondly, I want you to see the condemnation of Moses' lamb. In verse number 6, it says in our text, And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall, notice it, shall kill. Shall kill, shall slay their lambs at twilight. The Bible tells us that the lamb was to be slain. That innocent little lamb. The father of the family would pull back the neck of that little lamb and take a knife and cut the jugular vein and the blood would pour out of that little innocent lamb into a basin. God was teaching his people so long ago what the Bible teaches in the New Testament. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. We see it here in this story. Never forget that. That's why this morning, we never want to forget what Jesus has done for us. On that cross, as was mentioned already, we continually remember this from time to time, as oft as we should as a church family. Never forget. Salvation is not learning lessons from the life of Christ. It is receiving life from the death of Christ. That's salvation. Never forget. And so this morning, we learn more about the Lord's Supper. And we see the character of the Lamb, the condemnation of the Lamb. But thirdly, we see the confession of Moses' Lamb. In verse number 7, it says what they were to do. Look with me in the text. It says, then they shall take some of the blood, some of it, and I want you to put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which you are going to eat that lamb. So the father very specifically would take then some hyssop weed. This was a very common weed back then. They would have been very familiar with this hyssop weed. They take a a bundle of this weed and dip it into the basin there. And they would take the blood of that sacrificial lamb that was slain. And they would take that hyssop weed, dip the blood... I dipped the hyssop weed into the basin, blood that was in the basin, and then they would mark both sides of the doorpost and the top of the doorpost, actually making a sign of the cross. And everybody that went into that house and everybody that went out of that house went in and went out under the blood. This morning, you are either under the blood or you are over the blood. To be under the blood 
is to have submitted yourself to Jesus Christ, to surrendered your life to him, to have confessed him as your Lord and your Savior, to have accepted his sacrifice on that cross as the forgiveness of your sins. It is to have followed him in what we call believer's baptism. This is not a work of salvation. This is your evidence of your salvation. And we openly confess, as we saw this morning, three brand new Christians openly confess, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And they could not be ashamed either. What they were confessing by putting that blood on the doorpost was that a lamb has been slain for this house. There was no way they could hide it. They were not ashamed of it. And there was no substitute for it. You could have put beautiful jewels on both the sides of the doorpost of your house and that would not have been enough. You could have, you could have painted beautiful poetry on your door, like so many times we do, have this beautiful writings on our door. That, that would have been enough. That would have been enough. You, you could have put a live lamb. Instead of, um, instead of slaying it, I'll just, I'll just let a little lamb sit at the front of the house. But that would not have been enough. Because there is power, power, wonder-working power, only in the blood of the lamb. So we see the, first of all, we see the character of the lamb and the, condemnation of the lamb the confession of the lamb and then we see number four speaking of moses's lamb we see what we're doing this morning we're going to bring it a little bit closer to home here the communion of the lamb would you join me in reading exodus chapter 12 beginning in verse number eight it says they shall eat the flesh that night i want you to roast it on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. I wish I had time to develop that. There's significance to all of this. But this is how I want you to eat it. Do not eat any of it raw. Don't eat any of it boiled in water, but roasted. Its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it. With your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So we see here, not only was the blood to be applied, but the lamb was to be consumed. It was to be roasted with fire, which pictures the Lord Jesus Christ who took the fires of hell for us. Jesus allowed the fires of hell, God's wrath against sin, to burn themselves out on him on that cross. Can you imagine what those Egyptians must have thought when a quarter of a million lambs were killed that day? The aroma that they must have smelled in the land with all of those lambs being roasted. Picturing the lamb that died for them and the lamb that now is in them. Reminding us of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 that says, With Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. Notice verse 10 though. It also says, let none of it remain. They were to eat all of it. It seems today we live in a day where people just want a little bit of Jesus. Oh, just a little dabble do me. Oh, just a couple of Sundays a year. Maybe just, I, I, I don't mind accepting Jesus as my Savior, but I don't want him as my Lord. 
I don't want to overdose on this thing, Jesus. They had to eat all of it. Oh, for a people of God today that surrender their lives to Jesus Christ and say, He is my all in all. And there is no one or nothing more important than Him. Why? Because He is worthy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. He's worthy of all that we have. That's Moses' lamb and the symbolic promise. But now let's transition and look at Mary's lamb and the saving power. By the way, it's all about Jesus. Whether it's the Old Testament or whether it's the New Testament as we learned a few weeks ago, the Bible is about Jesus. John the Baptist said in John chapter 1 and verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And everything we read of in the Old Testament is just pointing to that Lamb who would come, who has come to redeem us. So four things to know about Mary's Lamb. The first thing I want you to see is the character of Mary's Lamb. This Lamb was to be a spotless Lamb. A lamb without blemish, a lamb without spot. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, the Bible tells us, with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or without spot. They would examine the lamb. These priests would examine the lamb. These Levites would look, as I told you, they would look and make sure there was no blemish, no spot. It had to be absolutely perfect. Three and a half days, they would take their time. Have you ever wondered why one-third of the Gospels is about the last week of Jesus Christ? He lived 33 years, and yet all the writings of Christ in Scripture, a third of them are about the last week. Because it was that week that they examined him. The Pharisees examined him. The Sadducees examined him. The priest examined him. Everybody examined him. They had false witnesses tried to find fault in him because there was no fault in him. That's why they said, I find no fault in him. Another one said, never a man spake like this man. He was the spotless lamb. He was absolutely, totally perfect. The character of Mary's lamb. Spotless, sinless, perfect. Number two, I want you to notice the condemnation of Mary's lamb. In Luke chapter 22 and verse 19. We see here really what is taking place in our church this morning. As he takes this bread and he gave thanks. And the Bible says he took that unleavened piece of that matzah hash, that middle piece. Again, I wish I had time to develop. We went to Israel and we actually took part of of an old Passover ceremony where they would take that middle piece and Christ died in the middle of two thieves. They said after you would roast that matzah, it would come out with stripes. Because by his stripes, we are healed. And on and on, these amazing symbols go. All about Jesus. He broke it. He gave it to them. He said, this is my body, 
which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. That broken bread represented the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was unleavened bread because leaven represents sin and there was no sin in his body. Look at verse 20 of Luke 22. The next verse speaks about the cup. He took the cup after they had eaten. He said this, the cup that is poured out for you is the, here it is, it's the new covenant. It's the new covenant. Why is it the new covenant? Because the old Passover is over. It's over. Very soon, no more lambs need to be slain. Amen. This is the new Passover. The new covenant. God's lamb hung on that cross. And all the sins of the world were put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he cried out in victory. It is finished. The sins of the world are paid in full. And when he had accomplished that, it was as if he said to all the Levites and to all those little lambs, you can go home now. You can go home now. We won't need you anymore. All of that was a picture. All of that was a prophecy. It is fulfilled. That's why John the Baptist said in John 1, Behold, the Lamb of God. This is Him. He has come to take away the sins of the world. The character of the Lamb, the condemnation of the Lamb. But what about now the confession of Mary's Lamb? Again, let's be reminded they had to openly confess that the Lamb had been slain for every house. Thus, the blood on the doorpost. And remember, that Passover angel, remember that? He would come and he would pass over every house where the blood was applied to the doorpost. They could not be ashamed. And I remind you, church, again, we cannot be ashamed. You will not be ashamed if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ. That's why we follow the Lord in believer's baptism. It actually begins, salvation starts, the very first step of obedience, Jesus says, after you're saved, is a willingness to be baptized, to step into that water, to show the Lord's death until he comes again, that we're going to rise out of that with him as he rose again. And then we begin to live our lives unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love Actually, I say I love it. I'm reminded as I humbly approach Luke 9, 26 this morning. Where scripture says, whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the son of man be ashamed. And then I'm reminded of Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10. Where the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart one believes and is justified and it's with a mouth one confesses and is saved. Church, I ask you this morning, is your life confessing your faith in Jesus Christ every day? Every day as we live our lives. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we must not be ashamed of him. 
This is the confession of Mary's lamb. And then finally, we see in Scripture the communion of the lamb. You see, in Moses' lamb, remember, they fed upon the lamb. They consumed it. They ate the lamb. Every household, it wasn't enough for the blood to be applied, but the lamb was to be consumed. This morning, what do we do? We feed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We feed upon his goodness. We feed upon his grace. We continually need his forgiveness. We continually need his grace, his strength in our lives. So today we sit at the Lord's table and we celebrate Passover. Why? Because it's a memorial feast. We take the bread as we will in just a moment. We'll take the bread as we celebrate this memorial service and we'll step back for just a moment and hold it in our hands and we will picture, maybe even with our eyes closed, the cross and the body of our Lord Jesus Christ as it hung there and died for you, for me. After that, we'll take the little cup of juice, a symbol of his blood that was shed on that cross and we'll remember the shed blood of Jesus Christ as we consume that juice we'll take time to remember that Christ is in us he's in us through the third person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit of God and we can walk and live in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah praise the Lamb that's the Lord's Supper remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 we should cleanse out the old leaven we should be a new lump as you really are unleavened for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And one day, church, let me tell you what's going to be amazing. One day, this is all going to be over. You know that, right? One day, we're going to be in heaven for all eternity. And Revelation describes it beautifully as it says that we'll stand before the throne of God with hundreds and thousands of those who have trusted Christ, our brothers, our sisters, and we'll say this with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the Lamb. He is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And we'll say that for all eternity as we look at the Lamb of God in heaven with all of ourselves together who have trusted Christ. Wow. It's amazing. But until then, we remember. If there's anybody here this morning, before we partake of the Lord's Supper together as a church, who is not under the blood, Maybe you're like Dylan was last Sunday. Just, I've been in church all my life, but I, I just never have taken the time to give my life to Christ. I never have never done that. I'd like to surrender my life today to Christ. If you're not under the blood, if you're walking over, trampling over the blood of Christ, very dangerous. Today, maybe the day God is drawing you to himself to be saved. It's an amazing thing. And I'm going to be up front with Pastor Jeremy and maybe another elder or two. And we'll just be here in case you need someone to talk to this morning and pray with about receiving Christ and getting under the blood. But if you
you're here today and you are under the blood of Jesus, you know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. There's been a time when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Then I would ask you in this moment to worship the Lamb of God who took your place. Without question, He died the death that we should have died. He did it so that we could live the life that He now lives. And so I ask you this morning, if you're a believer, to take some time to examine. I've even seen it, church, in our 28 years of church history. I've even seen it in the Lord's Supper. I've actually watched people in this moment before we partake go to another brother or sister or husband or wife or friend and just say, hey, i got to get something right. I've seen that in 28 years. Not every service, but I have seen it. The altars are open if you need to pray. It's just a time for us to present ourselves to Christ. If there's any unconfessed, unrepented of sin, this is a beautiful time to do that as we continue to worship. Shall we stand together?